ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Michelle Bullock, the head of the Reserve Bank, has passed down her first rates decision, keeping them on hold, this month at least. But is her approach to monetary policy really any different to her predecessor, Philip Lowe? Maybe not, but the Reserve Bank board she heads is set for a major shake-up. Today, ABC TV's finance guy, Alan Kohler, on the RBA's failings and why a rejig could be just what we need. Alan, this is the first rates decision for the new governor of the Reserve Bank, Michelle Bullock, after she took over from Philip Lowe. Does that dramatically change how the decision to raise rates or not raise rates is actually decided, do you think? Oh, well, everyone's different, I guess. I mean, each governor brings their own personality to the job, but also each governor was previously the deputy governor, except for uh, one or two in the dim past. And obviously Michelle Bullock was, was deputy governor and has been at the Reserve Bank for all of her career. So she's as much a part of the Reserve Bank culture as, as Philip Lowe was. Probably unsurprising to say my first priority is to keep very focused on inflation. Inflation is still too high in Australia. It is coming down and we're forecasting it to continue to come down. But so, yeah, I mean, look, uh, there'll be some change, but I, I expect that uh, it'll be more continuation than change. Alan, I just want you to remind me how rates are currently set, because I think we sort of forget the process of all of this. Yes, well, there's a board, a Reserve Bank board, which consists of the governor and the deputy governor, as well as a bunch of outsiders. They meet once a month. And when the governor announces the decision, he always or he, she always refers to the board has decided. The Reserve Bank has left the cash rate on hold for the fourth month in a row, but has not ruled out future rate increases. To use the saying, this is a hawkish pause. They don't want to be perceived as taking their foot off the inflation pedal. So there's one or two economists usually on the board. There's the Treasury Secretary is always ex officio on the board. Obviously the thing, the way that they've decided has evolved to some extent. For example, in the early 90s, they adopted an inflation target of 2 to 3%. And in a sense, that simplified the decision-making because, by definition, if inflation was outside the target, then they were obliged to do something about it and uh, adjust interest rates accordingly. That's how the Reserve Bank currently sets rates. But it could change, couldn't it? Because the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, he held a review into the bank. Uh, We have said from the beginning that we want to see changes to the Reserve Bank made in a bipartisan way if we can. These are not ideological changes. Why did he do that, first of all? Well, firstly, he promised to do it in the election and I think it it came about because there was some general sense that the Reserve Bank had been making uh, mistakes, Mm -hmm. in particular during the pandemic. The Governor Philip Lowe uh, predicted or said he expected that interest rates would stay low, that is to say the cash rate at 0.1% for three years or, and then until 2024. 
but our judgment is that we're unlikely to see wages growth consistent with the inflation target before 2024. This is the basis of our assessment that the cash rate is very likely to remain at its current level until at least 2024. And clearly that changed. There were also other mistakes that were perceived to have been made by the Reserve Bank and so he, um, he said, well, it's time to have a review and he appointed a three-person panel to, to do that. They, they reported last year and it's actually interesting that the, Jim Chalmers came out and pretty, pretty well instantly said he accepts all the recommendations. These are considered uh, proposals and recommendations that we have worked through in a really methodical way uh, to try and get to the outcome that we have reached today that we will support in principle all 51 recommendations. It's no small thing. Mm, there's 51 of them, so there's a few. That's right. But there's some key ones, right? So, you know, one of them was they're going to slim down the schedule so there's only eight board meetings a year instead of every month. But really interesting, I think, is that there'd be two boards, not one. Just explain that recommendation. Uh, well, that is, in a sense, it sort of copies, uh, both those recommendations copy the, the US situation with the Federal Reserve. The RBA review recommended that the Australian uh, monetary policy setting comes up with a committee, a monetary policy committee that uh, sets interest rates and that separately there's a board, similar to the current board of external directors and so on, who run the bank because the, uh, the Reserve Bank is also a bank to the government. Mm -hmm. So there'd be a board that runs the bank and there would be another board of experts who would set monetary policy and interest rates. Just explain further though, Alan, who's going to sit on this monetary board? How exactly will that new monetary board work? Well, uh, we, we don't know for sure, but the expectation is that it's a bunch of academic and possibly even market economists. Um, we're not sure. The unions, they like it, don't they? They like the idea of it. The heart of our criticisms really go to the groupthink on that board and that comes from a lack of diversity and too much of an emphasis on what we would say actually outdated economic theories. Yeah, that's interesting. They want to be on the board themselves. Mm -hmm. They want to have a unionist on the board and, OK, maybe that's fair enough. Personally, I think that there needs to be more of a focus on employment and unemployment and and possibly less of a focus on inflation. I mean, the Reserve Bank has three mandates. The, the RBA review recommended bringing that down to two, but the three are the stability of the currency, which basically translates to inflation, full employment, and the prosperity and welfare of the people of Australia. The review recommended removing that third one and just having inflation and employment as the two mandates or obligations. And I think it's fair to say that the Reserve Bank has always, or at least particularly since coming up with the inflation target of 2 to 3%, has focused primarily on inflation and has seen employment as being a long-term consequence of controlling inflation. This restructure of the RBA, not everyone is a fan. Uh, yes, well, there's Peter Costello, the former treasurer, and Ian McFarlane, the former governor, both said it's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. I think essentially they're saying it's not broke, don't fix it. I think there's people have been led to believe that these proposals in the review are moving the Reserve Bank of Australia towards some sort of world best practice. 
Bad idea in their view. That's a sort of understatement from what uh, Ian McFarlane, a former Reserve Bank governor, was saying. He's absolutely scathing. He says it's a huge risk, really risky to do this. The review claims that its proposals are modest, uh, but they're radical, and I think unintentionally so. They put forward the proposal that we conduct an experiment that no other central bank has conducted, which is giving the part-time members of the board uh, the majority of the votes in monetary policy decisions. Look, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of understand why he's saying it. It's partly because, you know, it all worked fine under his governorship. Uh, but look, uh, the idea that it's not broken, I don't think stands up. I mean, there have been mistakes, lots of them. The biggest mistake was cutting interest rates in 2015, 2016, leaving them low for a long time, cutting them again in 2019 before the pandemic to 0.75% to try to get inflation up to 2% when it was below that, consistently below that. And I think that that led to house prices going up, uh, household debt in Australia rising to among the highest in the world. And I just uh, think that was a mistake. Obviously, the prediction that interest rates would stay low for three years was a mistake. They waited too long to increase interest rates again. You know, I, I do think it's it's reasonable to conclude from the review that the current uh, board structure, while good in theory, actually doesn't work in practice. And that's my, my view. Of course, Alan Philip Lowe, he defends his record. He says particularly during that COVID period, there was just a lot of uncertainty. We got some things right, but we got other things wrong. I can assure you, though, that the staff of the RBA and the members of the RBA board have been relentless in their pursuit of doing the right thing and supporting the economic prosperity of the people of Australia. Ian McFarlane's argument is that board will undermine the authority of the governor and then the authority of the RBA as a whole. Well, I do think it's interesting that that was McFarlane's criticism because, Mm. in a sense, he's confirming what the RBA review is saying, that if you have some experts on the thing, it'll undermine the, uh, the authority of the governor. Well, crikey. That's, that was the problem identified by the RBA review, that the, uh, the authority of the governor was absolute. And it was the RBA review's conclusion that the authority, that authority needed to be undermined a bit. I mean, you know, it was too absolute. Well, Alan, it does look like Jim Chalmers is going to push ahead with the changes. He rejects all the criticism that's been coming his way. It is bizarre and wrong uh, to suggest Uh, that somehow there's some kind of radical change being proposed here. There were six external members. There are six external members right now on the decision-making board. There'll be six external members afterwards. Uh, What does this all mean for us, Alan? We just want to ensure, don't we, that the board is making the right decision for us and that we're being served in the best way. Will this be a better way of doing things, in your view? Well, I hope so. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's worth a try. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's about the most I'd say. I mean, I think they need to be ready to 
shift again if things don't work out and you know how they'll know that it doesn't work out I don't know I mean look I think it's all terribly difficult to work this stuff out but I don't think it's true to say that it's not broken and it shouldn't be fixed I think I don't think that's correct Alan Kohler is the finance guy on the 7pm news Warnings of a potential rate increase on Melbourne Cup Day next month come after inflation picked up again. In August, the annual pace of inflation rose to 5.2% from 4.9% the previous month, due in part to a surge in fuel prices. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Nell Whitehead, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.